0: following is a production of best in the world sports a division of definitive visions multimedia
1: are we are back on the green over everything podcast brought to you by best in the world sports my name is brown talking eagles talking redskins you know i had to bring in my man from offense defense and discourse my co-host my man mike jones mike what's good man oh man i'm good are you excited about this? You pump. We talked about the excitement over football uh, earlier this week on offense, defense, and discourse. But now we're here. The game is almost here. The game is less than is is pretty much within forty-eight hours. Game is Sunday. We are ready. Are you ready?
2: I'm ready. The Eagles have not actually seen this much-anticipated offense on the field yet. Defense, we've seen most of them. But the offense the offense has been withheld throughout the preseason. You haven't seen your starting quarterback. You haven't seen your entire offensive line. The play calling has been very bland. And we know Doug is a much more creative play caller than what we saw in the preseason. So there is a lot to look forward to going into game one, one o'clock at, at, against
1: Washington. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk about this team. As you said, we have not seen a lot from this offense. Carson Wentz, coming off his second straight season cut short to injury, we have not seen him at all in the preseason. No playoff. Uh, excuse me, no preseason snaps at all. That seems to be a a trend now this year. I wanted. I wanted to know your thoughts on that.
2: I well, first, I don't know that I'd necessarily call it a trend because out of thirty two teams there were five starting quarterbacks that didn't take any snaps. That is under six under seventeen percent. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's enough to call it a trend.
1: Well but well, well, it's t-
2: more than it, it's five teams more than it was five years ago.
1: Well, Let's let's take let's take a look at that. Jared Goff took no snaps. Aaron Rodgers took no snaps. Carson Wentz took no snaps. Philip Rivers took no snaps. Mitchell Trubisky took three snaps. Derek Carr took six. And threw no passes. Threw no passes. Three snaps. Derek Carr mm-hmm. took six snaps. Drew Brees took eight snaps. Of the of of the players who are listed as Week One starters. Ryan Fitzpatrick took the most preseason snaps at 64. I'm looking at Cam Newton, 11 snaps. Deshaun Watson, 13. Nick Foles, 18. Ben Roethlisberger, 19. Cam Newton got hurt.
2: Cam Newton was due to an injury in week one. Yeah.
1: But that's still 11. Deshaun Watson, 13. Nick Foles, 18. Ben Roethlisberger, 19. Mhm. So, well, and even if it's
2: not a lot of snap,
3: mm-hmm.
2: the experience of getting the play call in, the experience of having your offensive line being called, making live adjustments, things like that ha- against live competition, there has to be something to the fact that it helps. If nothing else, we saw two extremely rusty teams flat on the Thursday night game mm-hmm. in Green Bay in Chicago. I don't want to go as far as to say Trubisky looked bad. I don't know that it was much him, excuse me, much him looking bad as much as the fact that Bill Nagy wouldn't he, They took what? two shots downfield. Been caught,
1: didn't, take a, two. didn't take a lot of shots but downfield, were, but it didn't look like he could make those passes either. Didn't really throw – didn't really make – when he took shots downfield, he wasn't hitting people in stride. That's what I noticed. There was okay. a lot of wide the receivers first, coming the back. for the, half, uh,
2: the first half of that game, I believe they, they made one throw more than 10 yards downfield, mm-hmm. two at the most. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a back shoulder. Cap. It was two of them. They were both caught by Allen Robinson downfield. Yeah. Other than that, everything was ten yards or under. Mm-hmm. They weren't even giving them the opportunity to open up the offense. Bears talk, all the talk coming out of Bears camp the entire offseason was about the running back Montgomery, and Green Bay was ready for that. Yeah. And your quarterback wasn't ready to answer. He hadn't he got had a young quarterback, hadn't been on the field, hadn't taken any snaps, was well, three snaps, no passes, and it didn't look good. Aaron Rodgers, veteran quarterback, put in a new offense, new play caller, new system, probably new verbiage, and that didn't look very good either.
1: So I heard I heard Dave Spadaro on television this preseason talking Kind of downplaying the quarterbacks not playing in preseason games and the way he articulated the way the the spin he put on it was that he felt like preseason games were more about people trying to make the team and your quarterback and your skill players are going to get those game type reps in practice. Do you believe is that? Is that possible? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you for your opinion. That, and and, you... and, and, I, and I, that wasn't really
2: a question I wanted you to answer mm-hmm. when I said, is it possible? That, that's really just more of an open thought because I do. I am not one that ever believes it's possible to stimulate game intensity, game speed, game emotion, the adrenaline, the crowd, the energy. You can't duplicate that in practice. Mm-hmm. The noises, the distractions, the, all the little stuff that could catch your attention and make you lose focus for a second. Yeah, and that's really all it takes. You can't simulate that in practice.
1: Like I'm, I'm hearing so, this, and 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 I I, I, want, I want to talk to you about this a little bit more because as you see, the dynamic of what makes training camp has changed over the last 20 or so years. You know, as we, as fans, watch training camp and as we see training camp be covered by different media members and media voices, and a lot of them are former players. You're in a Mm -hmm. situation where you're hearing guys, even guys who have played the game, give their perspective, but the knowledge is what makes training camp now is different from what makes training camp, what made training camp 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I mean, 25 years ago. I, mean,
2: I don't know that that's well, – I don't want to say unfair, mm-hmm. but that that's one of those statements you have to take it with a grain of salt. The entire game is different than it was Agreed. 5, 10, 15 years ago.
1: Agreed. But I, they, I,
2: they, mm-hmm. They've taken physical – they took physicality out of training camp. They took intensi- intensity out of practices. But they've done that to the entire game of football as well.
1: Agreed. Well the the point the point that I'm trying to make here is I'm hearing a team official talk about getting those game reps in practice. It, mm-hmm. right, in practice and not necessarily in preseason games. And they talk about what you're doing in pra- what you're doing in practice. And you know that now that now that most teams aren't having those open training camp practices like they used to do, you know, 20 to 30 years ago. Like every every old school Eagles fan will talk about how it used to be when it was at Lehigh or how it used to be when it was at Westchester, when everyone would go down to the game, you know, go down to practice and watch them do their whole practice in front of, you know, crowds and crowds of people. Those days are over with. Now, when these teams are having their their preseason and training camp practices, they're behind closed doors, they're in, you know, enclosed locations where only people watching are, you know, is the organization. Now, the spin that I heard on that is, you know, now you get to do more you know you get to be more focused you get to spend more time on plays and learning and teaching and developing your offense because you don't have all those eyes watching but so
2: do you get to spend more time when there're no more two a day you can't put the pads on as much
1: i mean and that all that's these
2: other limitations that you have
1: as well that's the rub that that is the that is the rub that is the whole you know that's the question because I sit here and you know I have an opinion because I'm on the sideline watching. I never played the game. I don't know. Whereas I hear okay, this is what this is what you get with the way training camp is now. You you don't have you know a million eyes watching so you can get more in-depth into your plays. Now you talked about Doug Peterson's uh preseason offense and how vanilla it is and how he didn't want to really show his hand. Because you know and I know that his offensive playbook is a lot more complex and has a lot more wrinkles than what we saw in the preseason.
2: Absolutely. So we, The, you, thing, the okay. thing is, like, now, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but with, just to make a quick comparison, with Doug Peterson and the Eagles, you have a lot of guys who have been in this system for a while. Mm-hmm. And the guys who haven't been in the system, you saw a lot of them in the preseason.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Whereas Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur in Green Bay, just to make a difference, like a comparison, a contrast, rather, they're at the new coach in a new system where you don't have a lot of continuity. So, while I so I say that to to, to say I don't. Expect the Eagles to come out looking flat or confused, not sharp the way that Green Bay did the other night.
1: Okay, the other day. So we all know, you know, we, you and I, we go back and forth between what makes objective conversation and some fan ish, mm-hmm. and. There is a lot of people in this city, in this fan base, who just feel like we're going to absolutely obliterate the Washington Redskins on Sunday. That's fair. They think they're going to beat them. They think it's not going to be close. Uh-huh. And they, you know, I, I've i heard people talk about, uh, I've heard people talk about that uh, Monday night game. We remember the, the Monday night game with Mike Vick.
2: At one point this week, I believe Vegas was giving the Eagles nine and a half points.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: That's a huge spread. Mm -hmm.
1: So I want to ask you, because you're probably one of the most objective people who loves to partake in some fan-ish from time to time. But you can be objective, and I respect that about you. Do you think those... Those expectations that the Eagles will absolutely annihilate the Redskins on Sunday. Is that realistic?
2: Okay. And that's the reason I brought up the Vegas spread. Okay. The Vegas spread is never, 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 and I'll say never one more time, Mm -hmm. never, based on emotions or fandom. Yeah. It is... Cold-hearted calculation, those guys are in it to make money. Mm-hmm. So if they're giving the Eagles nine-and-a-half points, you can say it's pretty fair to expect the Eagles to win big. Okay. I who's the, Who is the Redskins quarterback?
1: Redskins quarterback will be Case Keenum.
2: Mm-hmm. What happened the last time you remember him playing against the Eagles?
1: It, it wasn't pretty.
2: Okay. That Minnesota Vikings team that he was starting for Mm
3: -hmm.
2: was much better than this current Redskins team. The receiving core was better. The defense was better. The offensive line was better. Trent Williams is not in Washington right now. Mm -hmm. They don't have a, a legitimate starting left tackle. Because they thought, why would they? They thought they were, they came into the offseason planning to have one of the best ones in the league. Their plan was not to address that position. This Washington team is severely flawed. The one thing they do have going for them is a decent group of running backs. That being said, the Philadelphia defensive line specifically the interior line, the run-stuffer, is one of the strengths of the Philadelphia defense. This will be a difficult game for Washington.
1: Difficult game for Washington. So you're expecting blowout. You're saying blowout. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now we will talk about this. We will talk about this game a lot more in this program. I got Mikel Ramos from the Rolling with Ramos podcast coming up a little bit later. We will talk to her. We will break down everything about everything about this game from the Washington perspective. Because I I have some questions about Washington and what they're going what's going on down there. I don't understand what's going on with this Trent Williams situation. I don't even know how they got to that point. If you got if you got to uh start if you have If you have your young quarterback in tow, your quarterback of the future, how are you beefing with your starting left tackle? I don't understand that. But we but that's a whole bunch of stuff we'll get into later. Also, guess what? I got Javon Alford coming back to the show from Total Sports Live. He will break down this. uh, He will help me break down the Eagles going in and the expectations, especially with their free agent pickups because a lot of people are talking about Miles Sanders. There's a lot of excitement over Miles Sanders, but they still got Josh Howard as well. How good can this offensive? How could can this offense be? And that's how I want to, br- that's what I want to bring Mike Jones back into the conversation. You see the moves that they've made. Jordan mm-hmm. Howard's they, they bring in Jordan Howard. They draft Miles Sanders
2: mm-hmm
1: got you bring Desha- back
2: darren sproles
1: bring back darren sproles bring back uh you bring back uh deshaun jackson
2: mm-hmm dallas,
1: drafts, dallas Goddard's another year guys. you bring in Arte- Dallas
2: goddard
1: yep earth
2: jeffrey weapons everywhere
1: weapons everywhere how good is this offense How good is this Philadelphia Eagles 2019 offense? How good is it, in your opinion?
2: How good is it? Yes. Well, obviously that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. But with the pieces in place, if Carson Went returns to form from 2017, where he's just making plays and distributing the ball to whoever is open, and letting the offense work for him, this potentially could be one of the most dangerous offenses you've seen post Greatest Show on Turf. Mm.
1: That's high praise. It's very. That's very. That's very high praise. Something that scares me that is that has seemed to scare me about Doug especially early in Carson's career we know Carson is talented we know that he can make a lot of plays and we know he's a very smart he's a very smart quarterback we've talked about that in the past his football like his football IQ and his decision making but I feel like sometimes Doug puts too much pressure on Carson like, you know what he can do. So you you kind of put your eggs in the basket of Carson Wentz making something special. As opposed to putting the pieces around him to take that pressure off of him so he doesn't have to do everything every time. They were able to get it right in 2017. You know, you had wide receivers that could take the top off a defense in a Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. But you also had you also had running backs who could pound the ball when you needed to. You had a Lagarrett Blunt who when you didn't need you didn't need your quarterback to make some spectacular play on third and short to keep the chains moving. You had a quarter you had a running back that you could just drop back and hand off to and he could run right over the tackle. And it seems to me like this team, on paper, and I say this days before we play a game, days before we play our first game, this is what I am looking at. Now I'm looking at a Miles Sanders and a Jordan Howard. Mm -hmm. So, you know, two young players who who can power the ball if you need them to.
2: And by all report and by all reports, Darren Sproles still looks quick and Corey Clement cannot be forgotten. Oh, Corey, He's Cle- healthy. He's a very serviceable back as well.
1: Yeah, Corey, Cle- Corey Clement is no slouch. Miles Sand you know, Miles Sanders is young with a ton of upside. And Jordan Howard is twenty four years old. You know, it's like Yeah, twenty four. Twenty four years old. And then you bring back a Deshaun Jackson to play alongside, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar played better when he was in the slot when you had that downfield threat like a, a Tory Smith. So now, you know, of course, Tory Smith's not coming back. If I can, you know, if I may invoke the, the spirit of Rick Patino, Tory Smith's not walking through that door. But guess who did? Deshaun Jackson, probably still one of the fastest wide receivers in the game.
0: And
2: no disrespect to Torrey Smith, who was a good player for the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson is an all-around better receiver.
1: Yes. No argument there. No argument with that.
2: So, And i I don't want this to be understated depth in the wide receiver group. Yes, you have those top three guys in Aguilar, Jeffrey, and Jackson. But please don't overlook our rookie Arthago Whiteside mm-hmm. who has looked better than I expected he would in the early in the pre in the preseason in training camp. That kid can play.
1: That kid can play. So
2: and then there is one the former number ten, Matt Collins who, if healthy, has also been a decent receiver for the Eagles in the past with good size and speed as well.
1: So you have good wide receivers, but you have running backs good enough to get the job done. I think we've all watched because Doug Doug is Doug. And in the end, oh. as, good as, as good a coach as Doug is, Doug is still a disciple of Andy Reid and you know Andy Reid and Andy and Andy Reid's disciples they're going to want to throw the ball they always will they always have doesn't mean they can't run the ball doesn't mean they won't utilize the run but if they you know if it seems like the run isn't working they're going to go to the pass so you have cer- no. at the no. very least serviceable running backs so hopefully you're not going to find yourself in that position
2: well, I will say this about Doug Peterson. From what I've seen of him in his tenure with the Eagles, the three years he's been here, as far as the run, the run balance, and the type of runs he's called, he seems very willing to adjust that based on the personnel he has. Mm-hmm. Year one, you didn't really have the power run option. You didn't see much of it called. Year two, when you had Blunt, when you brought in Ajayi, when you had Clement, you saw a much more balanced run-pass ratio, and you saw a much more willingness, willing coach to call runs between the tackles. He used his personnel to the best of their ability. And then the following year, Ajayi gets hurt, Blunt's gone, Clement gets hurt, Sproles gets hurt, it you end up with Josh Adams is pretty much carrying the load at running back and he did a commendable job considering the situation but you can't expect your coach to call a very balanced running run game when that's the situation so as you mentioned with the personnel in the in the running back room this year i personally would probably expect to see Something much closer, not necessarily all the way 50-50, but I would say 45 run or higher. Somewhere, the run percentage, I think, on the season will be somewhere between 45 to 50, which I, which is a good number considering the type of offense they're running and the type of weaponry they have. And that being said, I would also say this. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Miles Sanders had a very, very good
1: year. You think so? I think so. How long? How long do you would you give it before Miles Sanders is the number one back on this team? Because I, you got to think that starting the season is going to be Jordan Howard. But I don't necessarily know that. I.
2: It's very. Very imaginable that going into week one, Miles Sanders take forty to fifty percent of the snaps to run him back.
1: You think so you I
2: could, I could see that happening in week one.
1: Okay. All right. Well that'll be that'll be interesting to see and next week when we talk. We're gonna have this we're gonna have the conversation. I, I want I want to see this. I want to see who gets it will the... be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. De- definitely 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 it will be very interesting to see real quick you you've seen the moves that they have made but there are also moves mm-hmm. that they did not make namely at the linebacker position do you see that do you think that is the most glaring weakness on this team going into the season
2: it is but i think i also think it's manageable Okay. If the guys that are on the roster, namely Nigel Bradham, can remain healthy throughout the season, mm-hmm. in today's NFL where you're in a, a lot of nickel and some dime, more than just a 3-4 or a 4-3, depending on your scheme, mm-hmm. but you have those extra DBs on the field and fewer linebackers on the field more often than not these days. So, and because of that, and honestly, also considering the Eagles' offense, where you expect them to have to be scoring points and playing with leads a lot, a lot this year, teams are teams are likely going to be throwing on you a lot. So you're going to be in your sub packages, your your nickel, your dive, which puts less stress on the linebacker position. So that is. The linebacker position is definitely not a strength for the Eagles, but I do think it's something that can be managed.
1: Agreed. Agreed. All right, so before I let you go, because we got football to watch, I want to get your prediction for Sunday.
2: Sunday, Eagles-Redskins, you want a score prediction. Yep. How 31-10, though.
1: 31-10 skins? Is that what you're saying? 31-10 skins?
2: No, we already covered
1: that part. 31 <laughs> Eagles for my man, Mike. <laughs> my man, Mike Jones. Hey, look, remember you can catch me and Mike every Friday on offense, defense, and discourse over a whole bunch of different websites. You can also download that podcast the same way you download this podcast. Go to soundcloud.com slash sports, or search Apple, go to Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, my brother.
2: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right. Hey, look. We're still, we still got a lot to you talk about. This We're going to talk this from all angles. Once again, you know I got Javon offered from God Total Sports Live. But coming up next, I got Mikel Ramos from the Rolling with Ramos podcast, right here on Green Over Everything.
0: Man, do I love Card Night! You ready, boys? You got a king. Go fish, Dad! Oh, come on! (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov.
4: Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
0: If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalsportsLive.com. Total sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalsportsLive.com. The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia.
1: And we are back on another edition of Green Over Everything, brought to you by Best in the World Sports. All right, look, Eagles, Redskins, week one, it's upon us. We have to talk about this game. We have to talk about our opponents. The opponents of Washington Redskins, a team that we know very well. Not a lot of high expectations from the national media, but I need to get deeper into this. I need to understand our opponents. We need to understand our opponents. So who do I talk to when I talk about Washington Redskins? I bring in Mikel Ramos from the Rolling with Ramos podcast down in the DMV. Miguel, what's going on?
5: John, it's always a pleasure. My good friend, my good brother. Thanks for bringing me
1: back. Always a pleasure to have you. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Wish we could talk about somebody better than the darn Redskins, though. I ain't got no love for them.
5: Watch your mouth, brother. Watch your mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, look. Washington Redskins, you you talk Redskins all the time. You cover the Redskins. That is your area. Yes. What, now, it, it seems like the national media is kind of down on them. They're talking about them probably fighting for last place with the uh, with the Giants this year. Do you, does the fan base in DC see it differently? What are their expectations for the Redskins this season?
5: Well, you know, it's easy to do that with the Washington Redskins because the Redskins couldn't get respect if it was handed to them because not only do they, I mean, not only do do they make, does the front office make situations worse for them than they can be, we get on the field and with so much potential still manage to ride mediocrity. You know, when, when you talk about being a Redskins fan and a faithful here, every year you want you want the the biggest thing to happen. You want to be able to prepare for a good season, but you also know in the back of your mind that you also have to be prepared to be let down. And you're looking at a situation. As a, as a fan, the best situation is saying, hey, I'm going to go in expecting the worst, and if they do better than the worst, then then that was a good season because you don't want to overdo it. You know, eight and eight, seven, nine. That's starting not to cut it. Now you got a season where a lot of now you're walking into a season now where Trent Williams and what's going to happen with him and are, are the Redskins going to get the money? That's still give him the money that he deserves. That's still up in the air. So you don't have one of the best offensive tackles in the league on your team. He is not signed, and at the same time, he's a, a, a fixture on the team. He's a leader. And he and he's also somebody that's that's been the Redskins faithful have believed in for so long. You also have a young quarterback. You have some defensive ends where Kerrigan has helped this year. You have a lot of pieces that on paper the Washington Redskins can look good. Can Jay Gruden push it pull it together for once? And now he has all these pieces lined up. How is it going to look? But at the end of the day you can't be surprised that everybody expects mediocrity and the worst out of wrestling because that's what they give them every year.
1: Now you talked about Trent Williams as a fan. Do you expect him back? Do you still feel like there's a chance that this relationship can be repaired? Or do you feel like it's time to cut bait? It's time to make, you know, maybe move on. Like, where do you stand as, as far as Trent Williams is concerned?
5: I don't think Trent Williams wants to go anywhere. I think he likes, he loves being in the burgundy and gold. But at the same time, when healthy, and he is healthy, Trent Williams is one of the best um, tackles in the NFL. Um, and you have to pay him. He's like I said, he's been a fixture in this league. He's been a fixture in Redskins, Redskins land for so long. How do you not pay him? How do you, how do you sit there and say and have the audacity to say that you can't work something out? I think this has played out too long. I think it's it's been drawn out seems like forever I think and I'm positive that the Redskins will do what they have to do to put Trent Williams back on the field if if it does not happen it's very unfortunate and it's also a predicated on how the Redskins treat certain certain individuals that have been staples for them for so long it's not it's not an opposite ideal to look at the Redskins and see how they treat certain personnel and see how they treat certain players and, and, and that have played for them so long. So on one end, you're like, okay, if it does not happen and nothing is signed, then, you know, this is, on the, this is the unfortunate matter of what happens with that, that Redskins front office and their inability to do the right thing. And then in a bigger scale, it's also what happens in front offices in Washington, D.C. They don't know how to take care of the people that have been there for them for so long. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to have faith and hopefully Trent Williams will be in the uniform this year and he can um, be there and a part of the team and bring something to it. Because it's nothing without Trent
1: Williams. Now, this is what I don't understand. And I, I, I say this as somebody on the outside looking in. You're still a young team. You've just drafted what you hope to be is your quarterback of the future. The quarterback of the future is on is on your roster right now. Why go through this with your starting offensive tackle, probably one of the best offensive tackles that you've had for in years? Why is it like why now? And it, it does this. Does this frustrate the fan base as as much as it seems to confuse people on the outside looking in? Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, you got Dwayne Haskins. If you watch Dwayne Haskins in college, you know that there's a good possibility that he's the truth. What do you want to do when you have a good young quarterback? You want to protect him. So here you have your quarterback of the future in tow and your your best offensive lineman is at home waiting on a deal. Like, Like, how do you get to this point?
5: It's the Redskins way. Listen to everything you just said. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> this is Redskin normality. I, he sh- it shouldn't have even lasted this long for him not to be signed. Whatever he's asking for, just give him the money. It doesn't make sense to everybody else around, around, around us on the outside looking in. People that shouldn't even care. You're a whole Eagles fan and you're looking at it like what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. And the NFL world is looking like what the heck is going on. And then inside, when it comes to the inside of how we feel, Everything you said makes sense. You got a young quarterback. You looking toward the future. You got an offense that's looking like everybody's healthy, that it could do something. You you you're looking at them saying that we have one of the top defenses in the league. You got a you got people that's trying to open the door to believe in the Washington Redskins, but they can't even sign one of the best tackles in the NFL. With the with the implication that if they don't, he could walk and go somewhere else. It's almost Khalil Mackish. Mm Khalil Mack had, what, 13 sacks last year, 12 12 sacks? No, he had 12. The Oakland Raiders had 12 as a whole as an organization. He had 12 alone as a person. Look what Trent Williams can go up somewhere else and do somewhere else when he's not respected. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Uh, So let's move on to the coach then. Jay Gruden now had three straight seasons with no playoffs. I'm looking at the Redskins first four games, first five games. In fact, you got Eagles, you got Cowboys, you got Bears, you got Giants, you got Patriots. It's
5: not easy neither. Woo.
1: So you have a You have a, you have a coach who has not won. Your starting offensive tackle is home watching the games on television. Case Keenum is your quarterback. Case Keenum, man. You know, it's like, yes, he's, he's had some serviceable years. He's also had some stinkers. But you're looking at a, as as someone who covers the Redskins, how much of a hot seat is Jay Gruden on? And what happens in this first five games if nothing goes right? Because, just, I mean, yeah, I see the Giants on the schedule. And the Giants are a dumpster fire, too. But that's still a trip to New York. So anything could happen. You could be looking. I mean, you could be looking at zero and five to start the season. Zero and five, one and four, two and three. Is Jay Gruden on the hot seat, and should he be? Two
5: and three is manageable. Two and mm-hmm. three actually isn't bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Now you're talking about one and five, zero and five, two and three, three and three. If we go four and five, that's even better. Mm-hmm. So two and three is manageable. Two and three is enough to get you out of the situation. Zero and five. Jay Gruden. Let's be real. Jay Gruden has been in the hot seat for how long now? I mean, is but he is he the, on the
1: hot seat because he keeps coming back? I mean, this is what year four.
5: I think he keeps coming back because I don't believe that anybody has believed that he he's had the power which he's wanted to have. I mean, look at the last couple of years. He's there. Guys that he didn't draft. It was all Mc, uh and in, in Sean. In, it was all a McVay situation, and then you're looking at. Scott McClellan, and so so you're looking at situations that he hasn't totally controlled. Walking into this year, this is a situation where you can say that this is him. This is what... Mm-hmm. We're looking at you to be the leader. We're looking at you to be the guy to show everybody who the Redskins are and put together put together your offense, put together your team. This is it for you. Mm-hmm. This is the make it or break it year for him. Because all the other years, he was kind of a background player. This year, he's, a, he's in the front. So... He's, he's been in the hot seat, but with the implications that he can continue to come back because of, because of those things. Now, you're in the hot seat because you're in the hot seat. People don't people don't want to continue to lose in the nation's capital. It's a reoccurring role that we've seen so many times. People don't want to continue to lose. And if he starts this season 0-5 and 1-5, and and if it looks anything of a tragedy and a catastrophe, which is already what everybody expected, OJ Gloom got to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk about your quarterback situation. How confident are you in case Keenum? And were you someone who believed that Haskins should uh, start from the uh, beginning of the season?
5: I think Haskins is showing a lot of, a lot of youth. He's showing a lot of flashes of what the future can be, but do you, you have a young quarterback that's looking good, but do you really want to put him in that situation off the break and off the gate Mm -hmm. case Keenum? Is not bad, but Case Keenum, if he manages enough, can control everything around him. But it's also Case Keenum, and we all seen what happened in in Minnesota.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Who's to say that that was just luck? But um, you know, let's under center the Redskins don't really. I mean, we we change quarterbacks as much as we change shirts. So <laughs> it's never it's never a stable situation when it comes to the quarterback. Don't be surprised if things don't go Case's way. If Case ain't the way, um, Hastings could have a, a early early entry. But if the panic button is
1: hit, uh, let's jump over to the other side of the ball. It looks like it it's going to fall on your defense. Always, you know, it's always well one you always have to worry about Ryan Kerrigan. He's been an eagle killer for the last couple of years. Woo! Does not matter who's in front of him. We, you know, I've I've watched him eat the lunch of of Eagles offensive linemen on more than one occasion. So he's always a problem. You're gonna have Josh Norman in that secondary. We got old friend of this team, uh, DRC. But then you also picked up Montez Sweat. So how how you know, tell me about this. Washington defense. How formidable is this Washington defense, and does that have people excited down there in the nation's capital?
5: They're talking about one of the top defenses in the league if they can stay healthy. You're talking about a Ryan Kerrigan that now all he has to worry about is pass rushing because he has help on both sides. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. <laughs> I hope that everyone is getting their offensive lines ready for a, 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 a Ryan Kerrigan that can just roam that's going to be a very interesting thing it's 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 very exciting but again it, the 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 play on the field has to show that again it, we got to see it in real time again it's up to the Washington Redskins to show everyone that they can be in conversations of good fortune again we got to play some football i mean you are talking about three divisional games at the beginning of the season it don't get no better than respect and proving yourself right there.
1: Mm-hmm. First month of the season, you got you have your whole division. You got for three your first three out of your first four games are division opponents. So no matter what, so no matter what happens, you know, I mean, this is just this is going to be the measuring stick right out the gate for the Washington Redskins, and it looks like it's going to fall on it's going to fall on that defense to pick up the slack. Now, what what are your expectations? For this season, for Washington, hell, we in the division, on to Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think, I think our time is up. Uh, apparently, I, I don't know who this woman is I brought on the show, but the, you know, found some crazy woman. I don't know what she did with Miguel Ramos, um, but uh, we're we're gonna find that out, and I'm gonna get her on, or at least get somebody sane. <laughs> but re- re- really, though, I mean, I mean, and I, I guess that's—I mean—that's the funny thing about about being an NFL fan, because you got thirty-two teams, and for the most of them, about, at least thirty of the thirty-two teams, you got thirty of the thirty-two fan bases of NFL teams believe their team will be there first weekend and in, the in the February. NFC
5: East, and in the NFC East, it gets even more funkier because mm-hmm. everybody believes. Yes, I know everybody's believing Dallas is the front runner. Zeke got his money. Zeke got paid. So now, but Zeke got to go out there and he got to perform. Don't nobody believe that. Can Dak be that guy? How much confidence? How much confidence does Dak Prescott have now when he knows that they can't pay him now? And Jared Goff just got a whole contract. Goff got paid. Goff got paid. Wentz
1: got paid. And this hasn't
5: been on the field in how
1: long? Mm, but he There's got his break. In how
5: long? But he got his but money. But he got so. his
1: he got his money, and he got it, he got his money first. They got it, that deal first. So now golf, you know, you know, golf is going to want to one of the top uh wins, and he did. And now you're sitting there looking at Dak, and you know Dak's going to want more money than golf, and more money than Wince. And now you've given you know you, if you're Jerry Jones, what do you do? So that's, and then
5: Saquon's gonna have to run a muck down mm-hmm. in New York, yep. and that's rebuilding. And then you got, and then you got the little teeny tiny Redskins right in the middle that can go. They can either be four and ten, mm-hmm. or they can be eight and eight. They could be seven and eight, eight and eight, nine and nine, and se- nine and seven, or something like that, mm-hmm. and go for the division.
1: So, where do you think? For right now, mm-hmm.
5: I'm gonna stay. For now, I'm gonna say eight and eight.
1: Eight and eight.
5: With the implications that can it can be better and we can be fighting and actually giving given either get into the wild card or give the Dallas Cowboys a run for their money at for a, a run for their money for that for that division title because let's be real, if the Cowboys are the front runners they have everything in their way.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: It's always Cowboys' way to self destruct somehow somewhere. Yeah, They're gonna
1: figure Cowboys <laughs> gonna figure out a way to cowboy. Now, real quick, I got two two quick questions before I let you go. Eight and eight. Third in the division, don't make the playoffs. Does Jay Gruden get fired? Yes. Okay.
5: <laughs> I ho- I hope so. You hope so. All right. <laughs> enough is enough. Enough Stop is enough. Stop calling the same guy in and do the same stuff all the time. All
1: right. And finally, your prediction for Sunday.
5: Do you have to ask that question? Yeah. You know the answer.
1: Mm-hmm. You
5: know the answer. Yeah,
1: I just want to hear you say it.
5: Redskins oh, twenty seventeen.
1: Cool. Twenty to seventeen, Redskins. That's your prediction. Yes. Oh boy! All right. Well, I I will definitely be calling you back. So, well, you know, <laughs> it will. I'll, I'll tell you if you don't hear from me on Sunday, that means your prediction was a little more accurate than uh I wanted to believe. But if you, I hear... just
5: hope I'm not looking at 32, 30, 10. <laughs> 30,
1: 10.
5: That's that's all. Uh, that's all. Uh, that's all I ask for because it's it's, it's 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 Sunday. Thank God, it's not prime time. Mm-hmm because then that's a even more implications for an egg to be laid by the Redskins, because the Redskins don't do good in prime time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. All right.
1: I hear you. All right, real quick, let people know where they can find you.
5: Oh man, make sure you roll with the Ramos every week, every Tuesday via Facebook live. Make sure you shout out to my boy, Tristan Morris, one of the best co-host girl could have asked for my brother. Make sure you follow me personally on Instagram at Mikel Sade. That's M-Y-K-E-L-L-S-A-D-E. You can follow me on Facebook at Mikel Ramos. You can follow Rolling With Ramos on all social media platforms. Rolling With Ramos on on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter, Roll With Ramos.
1: All right. There you have it. That's my girl, y'all. Mikel Ramos. From the Rolling with Ramos podcast down there in the DMV, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. Thank you. Always
5: good to have to let to, to for you to have me on, and it's always good to talk to you, my
1: brother. All right. Well, look, we're gonna play y'all again, so that means I'll be pay, I'll be giving you another call. So we go talk again. All right. All right. All,
5: all right. right. Safe. Be good. All
1: right. You too. All right. We will be back right here on the Green Over Everything podcast.
5: You
0: feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.
1: I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like
4: this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip!
0: Me over it. This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. <laughs>
1: All right, you guys, we are back on green over everything brought to you by Best in the World Sports. My name is Brown. All right, we are getting ready for week one. If we're going to talk Eagles, if we're going to talk regular season football, had to bring in my man 50 Grand from Total Sports Live, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Jovan Alford. Jovan, what's going on, my friend?
4: Hey, thanks again for uh, having me on. On, the, uh, I think this is my first time on uh, green over everything. Exactly. Pretty- well, I- Pretty catchy name. Pretty uh, catchy uh, you, you, you like that? You like I name? it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate yep. that, man. Yeah, this—the uh, name was all me. I—I I thought of it all by myself. You know, <laughs> me being the smart man. All right, you know, let me stop. <laughs> but look, I want to jump right into it. I want to jump right into this—this uh, this Eagles talk uh-huh. because you know, preseason's over. Now it's time to start. Th- the games that count are now upon us. Week one against the Washington Redskins, you made it. You put out a tweet uh, a little bit earlier this week. Uh, in fact, you put out a tweet earlier this summer, talking about Jordan Howard, thinking that people had are are kind of overlooking him because. We brought in Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was drafted. A lot of he was on a lot of people's radars. We were able to go out and get him in the draft. And people seem like it's a foregone conclusion that this is going to be the running back of the future. However, Jordan Howard was a pretty big pickup. Do you think he's being overlooked?
4: I think I think I think slightly he has been overlooked. I think a lot of people kind of forget what he was in Chicago. I mean, last season. In, I mean, his last season in Chicago, he was kind of overshadowed by the emergence of Tariq Cohen and the abilities that Tariq Cohen can bring. Because Tariq Cohen is like almost to what Darren Spoles is to the Eagles' offense as a running back. They're both dynamic, you know, runners, but also effective weapons in the receiving game. And that's something Jordan Howard has has lacked in his in his small NFL career. People got to remember this is only Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's, uh fourth year in the NFL. So he's still a relatively young back, you know, head into, you know, uh this is his last year's rookie bill heading into a free agency next. I think a lot of people are all are overlooking him because he's been an effective running back. You know, he wasn't drafted in, you know, the the huge rounds. He wasn't drafted in in, you know, the third or second round. He was a fifth round guy that, you know, that really came in and Rushed in his first two seasons for over a thousand yards, and that's nothing to sneeze at with a, with a, with a yards per carry average between four and five yards per carry. That's nothing to sneeze at. A lot of running backs coming out of the fifth round, or just a lot of young running backs in general in their first two seasons, can't really duplicate that type of performance unless you're talking about, you know, the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world or, you know, Saquon Barkley, guys of that ilk. So I think a lot of people are looking over him because they're so. Ex- and I think it's because they're more—they're more likely just excited about what Miles Sanders can can bring to the table, and, and you know, and, and everybody should be excited because Miles had a productive career and a, a great you know last season at Penn State when he became the man after Saquon Barkley left. But I think people still, in in, in this day in this day and age of the NFL, you need to have a nice running back by committee and you need that bell cow that got it and carry the workload. And I think Jordan Howard can prove to be that guy uh, in the Eagles offense.
1: Now you brought up the fact that Jordan Howard's on the last year of his rookie deal. You know, we're still talking about a kid, a kid. Jordan Howard's 24 years old and Mm -hmm. you know, he's still, he's still a very young guy. Do you see him playing out, more of his career here in Philadelphia, being here in Philadelphia past this season. You talked about him being on the last year of his rookie deal. Could he be here longer than that?
4: It, it honestly depends. It depends on, I think it depends on how the season goes. You know, if Howard can return to that form of 2017, 2016, then I definitely think it's a possibility. And it also depends on, you know, what do you get from Miles Sanders? Does Miles Sanders continue to take that leap Mm-hmm. Uh, that everybody expects them to be like you see a lot of people you know on Twitter, social media they expect, and even fancy football people they expect Miles Sanders to become RB one in, in the in the Eagles uh, in the Eagles lineup. They expect them to be that guy to to get the majority of the carries. So I think it honestly depends uh, uh, how just how the season you know
1: progresses. Okay, sticking with free agency. We were able to bring in Jordan Howard, but we were also able to bring in or bring back Deshaun Jackson. In your opinion, was that the biggest free agent pickup of this team? And if not, what was?
4: Was Deshaun Jackson the biggest free agent signing? That's a good one. I mean, you can easily – you can easily say that it was because you look at the, you look at the Eagles wide receiving core uh, last year. I think the top, you know, your top three wide receivers you were looking at, if I'm not mistaken, were um, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The last season. It seems like a blur, so. You had a, a solid collection group wide receivers to go with the tight ends, but well, what you were missing from that from that uh, from, the, from that wide receiving court was a certified deep threat. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought, well, at the trade deadline, you need to find some way to get that deep threat. You gotta address that need, and they didn't they didn't necessarily address that. Mm-hmm. And they they they, off, they eventually got a guy who was a slot guy in Golden Tate, who was just pretty much he was. He was just Nelson Aguilar, you know, because Aguilar was your slot guy. So it kind they didn't they didn't necessarily have that guy. And then they go, then they go in. So then they go and obviously get a a guy like Deshaun Jackson. And once they do, I think it will open up more in this offense. You know, there should be there should be a lot more things open in the passing game, not only. You know, for the tight end down the middle of the field, but also for the other wide receivers, because now you have to, you have to consider, you know, doubling up when Deshaun Jackson with bracket coverage is somebody over the top, which then frees up Alshon Jeffrey on one and one. It then gives Nelson Aguilar favorable matchups in the slot, because remember when the Eagles did have a deep threat in 2017 with Torrey Smith, even though Smith is not the deep threat that Deshaun Jackson is, Look at just how that helped the offense. That's when we got the Nelson Aguilar breakout year, and it just expanded everything. So I think you can say that Deshaun Jackson was, a big, was probably the biggest free agent uh, pick up this offseason. I think another guy um, who I think is going to have a big um, impact uh, on his team, I think is Malik Jackson. I think that was a very underrated uh, free agent pickup from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Eagles defensive line help defensive line depth. That's something that they need. They need depth on that D line because we saw last year Justin in general on the defense, how they were decimated by injuries. Yeah. And they didn't have Timmy During it for most of the season. So you're doing, you're you're trying to help Fletcher Cox, but you're having, you know, uh, you're having, you know, Travion Hester, you know, kind of play next to him and you know, that's not that's not ideal. So now you help Fletcher Cox you give him a, a a a great compliment next to him, Malik Jackson who has who who was a dominant and a solid player in Jackson though part of that defensive line. So that should help him out. And then you also have depth behind him as well with Timmy Journey again, coming back. And then you add a Hassan Ridgeway as well behind there. So I think the defensive I think Ridge I think um excuse me Malik Jackson was another, you know, nice pickup uh, for the Eagles in free agency as well
1: talking Eagles, talking week one with Javon Alford of Total Sports Live. you have talked about what they added on offense in Deshaun Jackson and Jordan Howard. We've also talked about what they added with on defense to their line with Malik Jackson. Do you see, going into the season, do you see a, a glaring weakness? Because all I've heard so far is about how deep this team is. But what, is there something about this team that might not have been addressed the way you would have liked it. That concerns you. Do you see a weakness?
4: A weakness. To be honest with you, I think a glaring weakness on this team. The only one that sticks out to me really is linebacker. Mm-hmm. Linebacker, I think, is a very it's a, it's, a, it's a glaring need on this. Not a need, but that's a position that you know that you're a little concerned about. Um, you don't have Cami Kamu Hill for the first. You know, a couple of weeks of the season, as he, I think he's done with a knee injury. So you're in a young line, one of your younger starting line, one of your young starting linebackers who really started to pick things up and really started to come into his own last season. So now you're down to, you know, uh, Nigel Bradham, who's a year older, and Zach Brown, who's a year older, but a, a, a good line, a good solid linebacker, um, with unto itself. But behind that, you're, you're, you know, you're really going to, you know, depend on guys like Nathan Gary, who they drafted in the fifth round a couple of years, a few years ago, who hasn't really panned out the way they hoped he was, if he was a safety in college, translating to linebacker, he kind of hasn't developed into, I guess, maybe that hybrid safety role that we've seen other teams use, like the B. Cannons and the, uh, Mark Barron,
1: and they've done of it the with world. They've done it with Malcolm Jenkins a little bit this season, uh, right? In, in the past as well, brought him up it, to it, the box as like exactly. a bigger, as a, a third or fourth uh, linebacker. Yeah, I, under, I understand.
4: It, yeah, exactly. So you have him, and then you also have the young guy, the undrafted free agent T.J. Edwards, and then L.J. Ford, a backup, you know, uh, depth linebacker. So I think linebacker, you would have to say that there's a, a position. That's a little weak in a position of concern because you can't really afford, you know, with Gurley Hill out, you can't really afford to have either Bradham or Dak Brown get hurt because then, like you said, we're digging into the depth, you know, of possibly having a young guy, CJ Edwards or Mason Gary start, and then you're moving back to you're moving back to what the Eagles used to do in 2017, which they when they had linebacking issues, you know, well not issues, but they didn't have necessarily depth. You saw a lot of you know, two linebacker set, uh, big nickel situations where you're having, like you said, Malcolm Jenkins playing closer down to the line and adding that additional, you know, DB to play in the backfield.
1: Talking Eagles, talking, talking week one of the Eagles' uh, regular season with Javon offered. Real quick, let's move on to the game itself. A lot of people mm-hmm. are are predicting a blowout. A lot of people, um. It, it, I don't want to say cocky. And when I say this, I'm not talking about the team itself. I'm talking about the sentiment of the fans. Mm -hmm. There doesn't seem to be high expectations for the Redskins this season. Going into a division game, you know, as fans, we like to get into it with other fan bases. And I don't even hear a whole bunch of Redskins fans talking. So, a lot of uh, – there's a, been a lot of talk like this game won't be close. Do you echo that sentiment or, or do you think that or, – or do you think otherwise? When you look at this matchup coming up on Sunday, do you see blowout or do you see close game?
4: I – I – I, I, I see it as a blowout. I see it as a blowout, but I think the blowout's not going to happen. Like, I think you're about to like a 21, you know, zero lead type of blowout. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to pull, they're going to pull away from them, okay. you know, okay. as we get into the second half and, you know, move on to the third and fourth quarters. Because I think, you know, like I said, a lot of people, you know, they see that their, their, their Washington team, they don't, you know, they just don't, they got some holes, you know. First of all, Trent Williams still hasn't reported uh there that's their all pro left tackle. He's not there. You also got Eric Flowers on the on the left side playing left guard. He hasn't been the greatest offensive lineman since he was drafted. So you're looking at that left side of the offensive line of their offensive line and they're in trouble. At quarterback you're starting a guy in Case Keenum who you know last time we saw Case Keenum, he did an okay job. He did he did he did a fantastic not okay. He did a fantastic job in Minnesota, but he did an okay job in Denver. And now he's coming to Washington but the difference between Case Keenum in Minnesota and Case Keenum in Washington is that he had better weapons at the skill position than he does in Washington. Mm-hmm. So when you, you know, look at that, I mean, running back, I think, you know, they got some, Washington does have some pieces at, at running back. I, I mean, they still got Adrian Peterson, who, you know, he gave the Eagles that work in, the, in, in that game against December. Mm-hmm. I think he ripped off a 93-yard touchdown. So he still can show that he can get some yards. I think Darius Geis, I think, you know, he's. this is his first regular season game ever since he missed all last year with an ACL, I think, or with a knee injury that ended the season. So Darius Geis is a guy that, you know, who he's, you know, I think he's going to play a big factor in this game. You know, they still got Jordan Reed, who's been on and off and injured. So it's it's a team that has pieces but holes. And the same thing on defense. I mean, defense. You got Matt Ioannidis on there at the defensive line. You still got Kerrigan. Uh, you still got Kerrigan there on 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 that defense. Um, who else? You still got uh, Josh Norman. You got Landon Collins in the offseason from the Giants. So there are some pieces there, but they're not a very coherent uh, team. I think the worst thing that Eagles can do is play down to your opponent and don't take them seriously because then that's when you get into it. You know, we see it all the time happening in sports. Where you don't take a team seriously, they jump out into the lead. Now you're playing from behind, and now we're trying to, and now you're holding your breath saying, okay, so you're supposed to, they were supposed to blow off this team, but they necessarily didn't because they failed to execute. And I think that's the thing for the Eagles. And just for fans in general, I think if we saw anything that took anything away from the Thursday night game between the Packers and Bears is that there's gonna, regardless, here's gonna be, there's going to be a couple of drives or maybe even a quarter where there's no type of consistency on the field. So I think for Eagles fans, you got to hope that you see some form of execution because they don't execute on third down or, you know, pick up some tough yards on the ground. So they could find themselves in a ball game.
1: I understand. I understand. So real quick before I let you go, what is your prediction for Sunday?
4: Ooh, prediction. Um. Mm. Eagles do win. Eagles do win. I don't know what the line is or anything like that, but I think the Eagles will win this game. Um, I think the final score will be, I'm going to say, 28-10. to I think the Raskins do muster, I mean, the Washington professional football team, I think they do muster 10 points uh, against the Eagles uh, defense, but I think it will be 28-10.
1: All right, 28-10. Eagles. That is the prediction of Javon Alford, editor in chief, head dude in charge, owner and uh, proprietor of a uh, ruler, king. Um, let's see. Anything else? Uh, uh, also, head janitor, um, human resources <laughs> manager, all. <laughs> He is the he is the driving force behind Total Sports Live. Always a pleasure to have my friend.
4: Hey, anytime, anytime. I'm always uh, down to come on and uh, talk and talk to me Eagles, and eventually, you know, fixer. Even though I kind of led the shake movement, and it didn't go well the summer league. I hope for better uh, <laughs> hope for better fortunes uh, with my uh, Eagles
1: predictions starting. Uh, on Sunday. All right. Well, look, we will be in touch, man, because you, you are always welcome on this show. So let's recap real quick. All right. Mike Jones said 31-10 Eagles. Mikel Ramos said twenty seventeen Redskins. And Javon Offer said 28-10 Eagles eagles i'm going to go 23 to 3 eagles eagles are triumphant in their week one game against the washington redskins 23 to 3 hey thanks for checking out the green over everything podcast we will be back right here next week have a great weekend you guys go birds you feeling this
0: podcast to hear this and more Go to soundcloud.com slash Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.